Welcome to the What's Your Drive podcast, where we talk all things Hirschbach and the trucking industry. Join us each week as we talk about news, safety, industry topics, tips and tricks, and more. And now your host, Bianca Sanchez. Hello, and welcome back to the What's Your Drive podcast. We are on day four of our special edition Driver Appreciation Week podcast with Brad, uh, or in the box with Brad, and uh, we have some really cool special guests today and talking about safety. So kick back, relax, and take a listen. All right, we're back. Uh, This is day four, Driver Appreciation Week, and... uh, we're here in East Dubuque. Uh, got some of our uh, great drivers with us today. Uh, we want to uh, start off by thanking all of you that are here with us live today and certainly uh, all of you that are, are listening to uh, all of our amazing operators out there. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for everything you do. You guys do an amazing job. And uh, of course, it's Driver Appreciation Week, and it gives us an opportunity to uh, take a moment to, to thank you for the hard work that you do uh, day in and day out throughout the year, which is uh, so greatly appreciated by uh, certainly myself and all of our customers and everyone here at Hirschbach. Um, today, uh, this is our fourth day of doing the uh, these, uh, I don't know what the podcasts, I guess, or V-Pods or whatever we call them. Uh, they're not Tide Pods. We know that. No. Tide Pods? What's a Tide Pod? Are those those little things that you put in the, your, the washing machine? Yeah. The kids eat. That's yeah, the, the kids, kids eat, eat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought... I, I think I thought, they quit doing that. That was last year. Yeah. yeah but, what were they eating? Tide Pods. These tide kids pod are out challenge. eating Tide Pods. Like yeah. It's, yeah. Are you talking about what yes. you wash your... Yes. Why are kids eating those? It's a great question. That's a great question. That doesn't sound very safe. <laughs> yeah. um, Speaking of safety. Which, yeah, is, no <clears throat> which is today's topic of conversation. Uh, we've had some really, we've done um, actually four of these. This is our fifth one, even though it's day, day four. We had two of them yesterday. Uh, some really great lineups. Uh, if you haven't listened to the prior podcasts, uh, Bianca, we can, they can listen to them. They're out there, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep, they're on the iTunes. They're available on the app. They're available on any podcast listening station that you prefer, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. And uh, you can catch them on YouTube. You catch them on Facebook. We got them everywhere. They're all over the place. Okay, good. Uh, I don't even know how to access some of those things, but... What do you do when you're on We can show you, Brad. Okay, thanks. But in the podcast, you just, what, look up Hirschbach and it's there? So for the podcast right now, there you would look up what's your drive, and that's the Hirschback podcast. You'll find it. You'll see a really cool little icon with some graffiti, and there's a. I think we just put the twenty second episode up there, so we have got twenty two great listening opportunities available. Wow. Cool. Very cool. Cool. So uh, if you haven't listened to the prior ones, I'd encourage you to do so. Uh, yesterday afternoon. <laughs> Uh, Nick and Chris McCullen and I spent some time talking about uh, the new Freightliner truck that's here. Is it? Is it? Where is it now? Do we know? It's at Trunk Country. Okay. Yeah, they're getting. Uh, they're doing the PDI and, and getting it set up and putting the APU in. But uh, I mentioned I'm going to go out and do a little trucking next week, and uh, uh, I'm actually going to take that that new Freightliner out. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm calling it's Black Beauty. I think is, is its <laughs> name now. So. Uh. 
Uh, but I'm going to take it out, and <clears throat> I don't like to go out when freight's a little slower, uh, but uh, when freight's booming like it is now, I think it's a good time to get out there and uh, help uh, cover some of the overbooked loads. But uh, anyway, listen to uh, that one. Uh, listen to the other ones. Uh, we've had some great conversations. Today we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about safety. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, today I've got uh, here with us. We've got uh, on my left, we've got uh, Chris is back. Hey, Chris. Hey, can't, just, can't get rid of me here. I'm, just, I'm back for another one. That's no. my third one this week. No, we were talking this morning on our management. Every morning we have a management meeting, and uh, we're talking about today's podcast. And uh, Chris, who, who's going to participate? Who's going to be in that? And uh, you, you can tell Chris wanted to come back to the oh, yeah. mic. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got the radio voice, that's for sure. No. Not the face, but the, the radio <laughs> well, voice. Well, BK's got the face for radio. <laughs> that's right. Only a face a mother could love, right? So we got BK with us. Uh, BK, uh, what the heck do you do around here? Oh, I sweep up the mess primarily. That's, that's a lot of what we do. But uh, uh, No, I'm the, I'm the corporate attorney. Is my, and that's what I do for, uh, for Hirschbach, which involves more than just being the company lawyer. It's the entire risk side of the business. Um, everything from overseeing the safety department, uh, the insurance program that we have, um, obviously the legal issues that come up, and uh, also I lead uh, the orientation department, uh, mm-hmm. which all of you have been through um, with COVID. It's been quite a challenge um, navigating through um, 2020 has been a challenge with COVID for everyone, but uh, in our business, orientation was one of the first things that uh, we had to uh, um, address, obviously, bringing drivers into all of our all of our terminals. I oversee that. Um, I've been at Hirschbach for uh, five years now, right at five years. Uh, I'm a local uh, Dubuqueer now. I grew up in central Iowa, grew up on a farm, and uh, grew up in the trucking business. So I uh, um, have a unique background when it comes from a, a legal perspective, that's for sure. Well, <clears throat> why don't you, let's uh, talk about that. I mean, you said you grew up in the trucking business. Um, got your CDL when you were... On my 18th birthday. Yeah. Exactly, on my 18th birthday. So your dad had a trucking company, right? Correct. My dad had a, uh, f- a flatbed outfit uh, based out of Des Moines. Um, it actually started earlier than that when I was a farm kid. I was hauling grain to town when I was 16, 16 years old, which was legal in Iowa. If uh, you're hauling grain, you're exempt in Iowa. So, so you kept uh, trucking uh, through college? Yeah, through college. I found out real quick that uh, that CDL is a huge asset. Um, it... Uh, I literally put myself through college. I was writing checks every semester uh, for my undergrad degree and uh, came out of undergrad with no debt with that CDL. I, I shagged trailers for my father for a couple years and then went on to work for a uh, local construction company in northeast Iowa, and they were um, uh, allowed me to haul heavy equipment across the state of Iowa. So when I was uh, 20 years old, I was hauling big caterpillars and big uh, heavy equipment across the state of Iowa through the, the hills of northeast Iowa driving a, uh, a, a day cab Mac. So uh, I remember one time I got in a, in a uh, truck uh, early one morning, um, and uh, they had a spare truck for me to use because mine was in the shop, and it had two gear shifters in it. And this was about 4 o'clock in the morning. I actually had to call my father. This is before cell phones. I had to go find a pay phone and uh, call my father and ask him, how do, I, how do I navigate this thing that has two gear shifters in it? So, How'd that work out for you? Uh, okay. I was able to, uh, <laughs> able to uh, get the thing to move and stop. So. Nice. Yeah. Well, well, Brian, as you can hear, as you can hear and talk, listening to Brian, he's got a very unique background that fits perfectly here at uh, at Hirschbach. Um, you know, I think you also did uh, before you joined us. Uh, you did some work with the uh, Iowa Motor Carrier Association, some lobbying, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, correct. Uh, when I was an undergrad, I uh, um, during 
the summers, I work construction. When the construction slowed down, I uh, put a suit on and I went to work for the Motor Truck Association where I was a registered lobbyist for them. I spent uh, a lot of time up at the Capitol and that's what perked my interest to go into, into law school um, and ended up going to Drake University. Uh, there in Des Moines, and uh, always kept in touch with the industry. In fact, I still drove for my dad on the weekends then because I needed the money. I was uh, <laughs> a poor college kid yet. Beer money. So, a lot of beer money I needed, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, uh, and then wound up practicing law in Des Moines for uh, 13 years where I defended uh, personal injury and wrongful death actions. So um, saw firsthand um, what type of uh, effect an accident can have on not just uh, – uh, our drivers, but those that are out there on the highways. Um, whenever there's an accident, there's never a winner. Um, I saw, you know, some very, very horrific injuries that involved uh, operators of tractors and trailers and cars and people that slipped and fell on, on sidewalks and uh, um, had to navigate clients and uh, and people through tough times after they uh, wound up in a lawsuit. So um, saw firsthand the amount of risk that's out there and uh, just the impact it can have on people's lives. Well, you, you can hear in listening to Brian uh, what a unique background and how perfect, uh, you know, when Brian and I met five years ago and uh, we were looking to uh, have someone come in and <clears throat> manage risk and that uh, Brian was the perfect fit and uh, certainly has been. Um, so we're, we're happy to have you on the team, Brian, and uh, I know that uh, your team has expanded recently and uh, you hired... Uh, this guy to the right of me, right? Yeah, hired Rob. One other task too, Brad. I I was uh, I did have one student since I've been at Hirschbach too, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna. Trainer. Yeah, yeah. I was Brad's Brad's trainer. In fact, I can see the parking lot right out here where he was circling around a couple winters ago, and I was standing out here watching him navigate a semi truck uh, semi truck and trailer in reverse. So that was one additional duty that uh, was added to my plate too. Well, very true. Um, you know, I, um, as you know, I was in the Army, and you heard Jelaine maybe talk about how I would operate the equipment in the Army, even though I wasn't licensed on it. Over my uh, career in trucking, I, I, did, I did some of that as well, um, getting into the truck, mostly close quarters stuff. And I'd been meaning to get my CDL for years, and uh, fortunately, uh, so finally I said I'm going to do it. And what was it? Was it about two and a half years ago? Yeah, it was two right at two winters ago. I remember you told me, no more excuses. Yeah, uh, no more excuses. So. And so uh, Brian got me trained up. We'd come out down to the yard here on weekends and uh, passed my CDL and been out there a few times. And like I said, uh, looking forward to getting back out there uh, next week as well. So that's that's been... You also... Uh, also got me into, uh, I was going to bring it today, I'll have to bring it tomorrow, but uh, this guy also uh, is on Jelaine's, uh, you know, in the doghouse with my wife Jelaine, because uh, he's, he's got me interested in motorcycles now, so I've got a new Harley. <laughs> I want to set the record straight. I, I, I was against it, Brad. I got to, you know, that, truly, oh. truly, I was against it. Yeah, motorcycle. right. <laughs> yeah, you can't say that with a straight face. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you'll you'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll bring it in tomorrow. And uh, not only did I did he have me get one, but he had me uh, chrome it out a bit as well. So yeah, it's uh, of course it's Hirschbach orange, so it'll match. Uh, there you go. Match our current fleet as well. I don't so. know. The colors of the fleet are changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so talk about. So we added. Uh, you, you, you said we we added uh, Rob to the team. Why don't you introduce Rob and tell the organization sort of what uh, what Rob's done? Yeah, Brad came to me. It's probably been three or four months ago now and uh, um, asked me my opinion on safety. And I, I told him, you know, let's go find 
let's go find a gun. Let's go find someone that has successfully ran a safety department for a large fleet. Um, and who has worked in the industry, who has had, um, who has had a lot of experience, and, and worked for for a best-in-class carrier with with best-in-class safety results. So, uh, we put our thinking heads together, and uh, one of the first people, or one of the first companies that came to came to our mind was a company out of Marshfield, Wisconsin, that uh, uh, runs uh, some flatbeds, and they run some vans, and they run some reefer trailers. A company called Rail Transport. You've probably all seen their their red trucks out there on the highway. Um, they're similar in size to us. Uh, they have a phenomenal safety program. Whenever you go to uh, an award ceremony, their name's always on the short list as, as, a, as, as an award winner. Um, so we approached a gentleman who's worked there, who worked there for 17 years. Is that right, yeah, Rob? 17 yeah, 17 years. Yeah. 17 years. Uh, Rob Audi is his name. And we were able to get Rob uh, to relocate to Dubuque and uh, join our organization and lead our, 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 safety, our safety coaching efforts. Um, and Rob will tell you a little bit more about his background here in a second. But what Rob's really good at, um, his forte, is in training others and teaching others and making sure that we have all the resources we need in order to make our drivers better. And and uh, we've got some really, really great operators out there, um, and our job is to also make them better and in order, and to do that. And when we do that, we're going to become a best-in-class carrier, and that's our, that's our short-range and long-range goals. So, Rob, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself and, uh, and where you came from and where we're headed. Yeah, well, thanks, BK, and thanks, Brad and Chris, and thank everybody. I want to uh, also express my gratitude to our drivers for the important work you do. Um, you know, you move the nation's economy, and because we're such a big nation, right, you move the whole world economy forward. And when you do that job right and you do that job safe, you're also uh, bringing a whole bunch of people, uh, getting them home safe and well to their families. And so that's about some of the best work I can think of that can be done. And so you have my gratitude for that work you're doing. Um, a little bit more about me. Um, I grew up in central Wisconsin, a town called Stevens Point. Um, that's my hometown. Uh, and um, uh, when I got out of high school, I, I went in the military. So I'm a former Army medic. I'm a former Army paratrooper. Uh, after I got out of the military, I... I thought I'd want to uh, maybe pursue a career in law enforcement, so I uh, moved over to the Twin Cities area in Minnesota and um, started a law enforcement program there and was enjoying that. One of my, uh, one of my professors was a, was a county attorney, and he kind of put a bug in my ear about uh, going on to law school, so I decided to do that, and uh, I went to law school at uh, Hamlin University in St. Paul, Minnesota, and practiced for about four or five years after that. Uh, and I'm happy to say at this point in my life, uh, in addition to being a, a former medic and a former uh, paratrooper, that I'm very proud to say I'm a former lawyer. I left all that nonsense in the dust as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Hey, now, be nice. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm being nice. Believe me. I'm being nice to myself, leaving that mess behind. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, law wasn't a good fit for me. I'm, uh, as uh, BK mentioned, I'm more of a teacher and a trainer and a coach and someone who wants to listen a lot and, and, and help people do well. That's really where I find uh, my joy in life. And, um, and that law for me wasn't a very good fit. So um, I started reworking my life a little bit and I thought I might want to get into teaching. And to do that, I know I needed a, I, I knew I needed a job. And so um, um, I had worked my way through college and worked my way through law school, working a lot of nights and weekends and stuff like that. And so, 
Uh, I figured I'd have to roll up my sleeves and, and go get a job again while I went and got some teaching credentials. Uh, and one of the places I uh, was interested in working was uh, uh, my former employer that, uh, you know, rail that uh, uh, BK had mentioned. And uh, it turns out they had a need in their safety department. And so I thought that might be a good fit. And I, uh, I took advantage of that opportunity. And then 17 years later, I was very uh, happy I had. Uh, I really got to understand uh, from listening to drivers how important safety is and from understanding the impact of that job. And um, uh, I got an opportunity to really uh, participate in, uh, as they mentioned, a very successful program that did a lot of good. And, um, and so I, I enjoyed that. So I got that 17-year background in, in safety and training and development. Um, and then I'm also even more happy than I'm here now. Um, uh, uh, Brad and BK had approached me with this opportunity. And, um, you know, I, I, I thought about, boy, you know, what am I giving up? I'm giving up a 17-year job that I got a lot of stability in, that I had a lot of success in. Then I listened to Brad and uh, talk about where Hirschbach is headed, and uh, I just had such a good feeling about the company, uh, about the commitment to drivers, about the commitment to success, about the commitment into shared success, the commitment to safety and, and, and wanting to be best in class. And uh, I came over to visit and had such a warm welcome from everybody, and I just knew I was going to... I'd be a fool not to take the opportunity. Um, so I'm about 10 weeks into this now, and uh, so far all I see is happiness from me for making this choice. So I couldn't be more uh, couldn't be more happy and more proud to be working with uh, with the teammates I am now. Uh, both, <clears throat> both those in the office and, and and the drivers I'm meeting so far, which hasn't been a lot. I'm um, looking forward to meeting a lot more and working with uh, you and listening and learning from you and um, helping. Uh, helping everybody and make, making my part to our future success, and uh, which I know we're going to achieve. Great. Well, Rob, we're thrilled to have you on board. And, uh, you know, I didn't mention that, uh, you know, we had, it, it wasn't a, a big risk necessarily, a, 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 an unknown. Uh, Rob was someone that uh, actually I've known for uh, probably uh, maybe 10, 12 years or so. And uh, I got to know Rob through uh, a benchmarking group uh, where Rail and Hirschbach uh, were a couple of members. And we get together a few times, we would get together a few times a year and talk about different topics in the business, uh, whether it be maintenance related or safety related. And so when we got into a specific topic, we'd get an opportunity to meet some of the uh, key managers from each other's businesses. And uh, so, and, and in the group, and this was a, a, a group of uh, a lot of good competitors, uh, Prime, uh, Rail, Fry Mill, you can go down the list, there was about, maybe about uh, uh, 15, 16 different members. And uh, everyone, uh, everyone had their own uh, specialty, if you will, or things that they did well. And, and Rail clearly was the, the best uh, by a long shot in, in this group in regards to their results in terms of safety year in and year out. And um, uh, so we wanted to figure out, we saw their results were significantly better. How do we measure the results? You know, whether it's accident rates per million miles, whether it's uh, the amount of uh, claims and insurance that's being spent in the organization on a relative basis, 
whether it be your uh, CSA scores or ISS scores, out of service percentages, you name it, uh, anything you can look at, uh, they were in sort of a different league. And clearly we're doing something quite a bit different. And uh, so uh, I started to uh, investigate, this is before BK joined our organization, I started to figure, try and figure out, pick their brains as to what they were doing. And they were nice enough to allow me to come up uh, actually and um, see firsthand uh, what they were doing. And it was, uh, it was quite inter interesting. Uh, but one of the things I was, I was doing is uh, I went to a class and it was a class that uh, Rob facilitated, and it was a class uh, that, that everyone at rail, I thought, was quite different. Uh, not just the drivers, but uh, mechanics, uh, new people that were joining the organization, uh, billing, uh, you name it. Pretty much everyone in the organization went through a class uh, that Rob was facilitating on safety, right? Yeah, I uh, was uh, called it the railway, and uh, I wasn't the only facilitator. Other people participated in that, and it was a uh, organization-wide class. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, you had an opportunity to see that, apparently. Huh? I did, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, my mentality, even in my own driving, I've told Rob this before, but my own, my own driving changed dramatically uh, after I left that class. I had, a, I had a mindset shift that occurred during that class. And, um, and, and, and really, uh, the other thing in talking to Rob is, you know, rail hasn't always been good at safety. Uh, I think, uh, you know, basically about the time you joined the organization, uh, the organization decided that they were going to make a dramatic change in how they were approaching safety and uh, they about the time you joined them you guys kind of rolled up your sleeves and decided you're gonna you're gonna be, achieve best-in-class results yeah the history on that's a preceded me a little bit um, I joined in 2003 in a, a year year and a half or so prior to that um, uh, that organization recognized that it wanted to do uh, much like what Brad is talking about now we want to um, do better at uh, safety they weren't a bad carrier. They were a, a good carrier. Uh, they just realized they could do better on something they really cared about, which was safety. And um, it was interesting because, uh, you know, the, the idea there wasn't, well, let's just get different drivers or diff get better people or anything like that. It was more a process of how are we thinking about safety and how are we talking about safety? And that helps uh, how people execute on safety. And so uh, prior to my joining the organization, they had de developed uh, a different approach and then this, uh, this, this facilitated uh, class that, that Brad mentioned. And so well, when I got there, it was just kind of an interesting spot because it was at the beginning of something new. And so uh, I got to participate in that and, and I, I, you know, I really I took that on uh, my shoulders, happily so, because I believed so much in it and uh, got an opportunity to really be an ambassador of that message. Um, and it's such a good message to tell and you know that, the, the important work you do with uh, helping folks get home safely. And so um, uh, when Brad, uh, saw that class, that, that's what that was about. And, and when Brad decided that uh, we wanted to do that here, 
uh, we thought we'd take a uh, similar kind of a reinvigoration of, uh, of our commitment to safety through this you know, all into zero. The, the beliefs are certainly there about safety. It's, it's how do we execute. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I feel fortunate now because I'm getting in at the uh, beginning again of what is going to be just a, a wonderful journey to success and best in class and safety. And I don't have any doubt in my mind that it's what we're going to do. I mean, there's no, there's no question about it. I mean, it's just uh, what we got to do is think right, uh, talk right, and drive right. That, I mean, we got the talent on the team to do it. It's, uh, yeah, so it's going to be fun. Uh, and it's, it's going to be fun for everybody who gets, to, who gets to participate. And that's everybody. Like Brad mentioned, it's everybody in the organization. Drivers are obviously at the leading edge of that. Uh, and for all of us who don't drive, who serve as your support teammates, whether it's technicians or folks in the office, everybody's here to support you. And, you know, we're going to think, uh, think with one thought. You know, uh, we're going to have alignment in that. We're going to speak with one voice. And it, it's, it's going to work. And I'm telling you, it's going to be fun uh, when you achieve it. Absolutely. I have uh, all the confidence in the world that we'll not only achieve uh, as good as results as uh, your former employer, but uh, I have uh, every uh, confidence in the world that we'll uh, set a new standard in this area. We have uh, fantastic people here throughout the organization. And so, as Rob mentioned, we're reinvigorating our All Into Zero campaign. And uh, the All Into Zero is All Into Zero Accidents. Uh, that's going to start off, the kickoff uh, of it, with, uh, uh, if you will, will be uh, with uh, the seminar that Rob will be leading. And uh, similar to the one that I participated in, as Rob said, not only will our operators go through that, but everyone in the organization, our mechanics, uh, everyone in the office and so forth, so we can speak the common language and, and have uh, a common set of uh, a good understanding. And, and, and for those of you maybe that uh, you think you might not touch the driver and impact their safety, safety you do in some way, shape, or form. Uh, whether you're, even if you're collecting bills or, you know, you, you in some way, shape, or form will, will impact our operators uh, by having a better understanding. And you'll also um, operate uh, your personal vehicle safer, and uh, you'll also uh, be able to communicate in a different way uh, to others that, that drive. I know one of the benefits that I had as well in going through this class is I was able to speak differently in a way to my three daughters that started driving that I believe had a positive impact on their uh, safe driving, and I'm happy to say that uh, you know all three of my daughters that uh, are drivers, uh, you know, have never had an accident, uh, have never had a ticket, and uh, and I'm I, the language that I speak with them, I, I believe, has an impact uh, that uh, wouldn't have occurred had I not gone through this class. So thank you for that. Yeah, you bet. I thank you for the opportunity, uh, each of you, and on all of you. I'm, like I say, I couldn't be more excited at uh, where I'm at in life and uh, with what I, uh, what, I, uh, what I have the opportunity to help with here. So in, in addition to uh, leading and facilitating these classes, uh, what, uh, what are you responsible for here at Hirschbach, Rob? Well, primarily I lead up our, uh, our team of safety coaches. So I've got uh, two safety managers that I work with and then uh, nine safety coaches. And... Um, uh, you, you know, some of you are, I mean, many of you are probably familiar with our safety coaches. They, uh, they help drivers sort through issues that come up with um, 
uh, oftentimes with logs or with uh, safety uh, matters. They, they've done training, they do training, they, uh, they speak with drivers when there's a performance issue that we've identified through any number of systems, whether that's one of those uh, the camera events or roadside inspection or something like that that indicates uh, something's amiss. Uh, the coaches interact with drivers in that, and so um, it's a. I tell you what, I uh, uh, when when Brad and BK said there was a team of coaches who do this, I was like, wow, that that's interesting, um, and I'm I'm curious to see you know how they are and, and uh, what what kind of game they got. And I was a little bit, I mean, when you start a new job, right? I mean, there's some anxiety, right? You don't know what you're getting into. I mean, that's, that's how I felt anyhow. And so I showed up and I, you know, figured out where my desk was and how to get signed in and where the bathrooms are and all that important stuff, right? And then I started uh, experiencing the job and uh, I started listening to the, the coaches that we have. And I, I really was impressed with... Um, their uh, commitment to the job, uh, their passion for doing it right, and um, and their interest in helping drivers uh, be successful. And so uh, I get to work with that team, and it's a very talented team, a very committed team, and through some additional training on both safety and uh, in particular on effective communication, uh, we're going to be in a situation or a position to really help our driving teammates even more. Um, a lot of the focus on our coaching work is going to be listening, primarily fully understanding what a driver experiences out on the road, and then um, really helping a driver who's having some performance issues self-coach. It's not going to be a lot of lecturing. It's not going to be a lot of you better do this, you better do that. Instead, it's going to be leveraging the talent of the professional driver, right, to help understand what they're thinking and how their actions align with their beliefs and whether their actions are producing the desired results. So if, if a driver's following too close, well, that's creating risk, and then something could happen that could cause someone else, right, to get hurt or to die. And that's not what anybody wants. So it's a matter then of understanding behavior and consequences and then guiding uh, that professional driver to uh, think different like Brad was talking about, understand more perhaps, and then make whatever adjustments are necessary to produce a different result, which is keeping people safe and well. So I get to work with those folks on that. And I, again, I, I, I can't wait to do it because they're committed, they're talented, and um, and it's, again, it's going to be a very fun process to participate in, and it's going to be very successful. Um, my, uh, I and my coaching team are, are committed to uh, your success as drivers. Um, and uh, I just, again, I can't, can't wait to get started on that. I want you to have a good experience with the coaches. We, uh, we all want that, and uh, so we're looking forward to uh, doing that work. Um, and then also very open to your experience with the coaches. So if you have any concerns or anything with uh, how it's going with the coach that's working with you, let your coach know, let me know. Um, we want this to be a very positive experience and we're gonna make it that. And so, to do that, we're gonna, need, uh, we're gonna need your help. Yeah, so Rob, so you've been here 10 weeks. Um, you know, speaking of the coaches, you know, I know you had a sort of an uh, uh, initial uh, observation uh, that uh, they were spending a lot of time um, 
not coaching, but correcting logs, correct? Yeah, I noticed that, um, yeah, I noticed we spent a lot of time on some logging and compliance issues and that, that detracted from their ability to really lean in and have uh, good conversations with drivers on uh, driving behavior and safety. And then uh, BK, you guys, what did you guys do as a result of that? Yeah, Rob brought to our attention that, hey, you know, coaches are spending a lot of time on, on uh, um, compliance issues related to logs, and uh, that perked my interest. As I'd walk by some of the coaches' desks, I'd see they'd have logs open up on, on their desk, and there wasn't a whole lot of people on the phone. They were, they were too busy trying to help get drivers moving. Um, and, and I consider that it's, why it's important work. It's more, of a, it's more of an administrative task and more of a clerical task to get you moving and less about making sure that you're going to be safe out there. You can have a, a legal logbook and not be safe. You can have an illegal logbook and be safe. So it, it, what I want Rob to focus on and what we want Rob to focus on is more of the behavior side of coaching and, and, uh, and identifying the good and bad behaviors that drivers have out there and, ma- and making those better. Uh, so one of the things that we did, and this happened unintentionally, we used to have a logging department. Many of you remember uh, Nancy Thompson when she was here. If you had an issue with your logbook, you called up Nancy. The Bahama Mama. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know Nancy, she had over a million safe miles with Hirschbach before we put her in the office uh, helping drivers with logging issues. So um, I'm happy to say that Nancy's back working from her house uh, back in the logging department. That's exactly what we did. We created a log department. We recreated that, I should say. Over time, um, when Nancy retired, that task basically landed on the coach's desk. And um, what we've done is we, we want to free up their time to focus on the behavior side of things. And to do that, we've created a new department. Uh, there's a handful of people that have been hired that are going to now uh, help you uh, navigate your log issues as you have them. So when you call into uh, uh, the logging department or call in uh, to the safety department and need log help or send in a macro uh, to have your logs repaired, um, there's going to be a separate department that handles that other than your coach. So um, that, in turn, is going to allow Rob to, to uh, and his team of coaches to, to identify behaviors uh, and make drivers safer and better drivers out there. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and uh, to me, uh, to me that, uh, so as I'm sorting through this new opportunity I have and, and wondering about my new place, right, is this an organization that really means what it says, right? Uh, well, that's, a, to me, an example of meaning what we say about safety. So we realized there was an opportunity to use our resources differently and, and add some resources. So as soon as that issue was identified, what happened? Just like that, right, we started uh, putting resources against uh, achieving our objective uh, with safety. And so that was fun to see, and the coaches uh, appreciate that and are going to be, and already, already I see the result, right, of that investment of coaches spending more time with folks and, and, and having the space to do that so we really can, like I say, listen and learn from drivers. Uh, rather than just feel like we got to move through a conversation quickly. Um, you know, Brad had mentioned uh, this kind of all-in effort with all-in people. Um, the other thing that, that really warmed my heart when I got here was when I talked to both Dan uh, Wallace and Chris Schmidt about uh, their commitment to safety and how they align with, uh, with the overall mission of becoming best in class. And again, uh, you know, nothing happens without everybody doing it. This isn't this isn't something you, you chip away at, and a few people do this, and a few other people do that. This is this is all in, both from a commitment. In other words, I'm all I'm all in, and also from a who's in, and it's all it's all in, and so right off the bat, uh, even as I was learning about the company, I had 100% confidence that uh, both Chris and Dan are fully committed 
and it's not uh, safety says this, and then operation says this. You know, we speak with one voice on this mission. Um, and so I don't know if Chris wants to, you know, add anything about that, uh, you know, and in and, and your perspective on what we're talking about. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been here almost nine years, and, uh, you know, when I started, I, I was in operations, and uh, this is my first trucking job, and it was kind of, you know, something happened with a logbook, or, you know, oh, we gotta go talk to safety, and it wasn't really, it really wasn't working together. It was kind of, you know, I wanna say, it wasn't quite us against them, but it wasn't, you know, working together. And- um, Silos, right? Silos, yeah, there was definitely some silos or some walls built, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's those, it, those, you know, took a little bit, but, you know, we kind of worked through, made some changes and, uh, you know, integrated safety with operations and um, uh, definitely have, have taken those down. And, uh, you know, I thought it was pretty, we shot a video. I think it's, 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 it's available all the same places. It's not a podcast. We shot a video on Tuesday, uh, just Dan, Dan, Rob and I, and I think it was like a 30-minute video. Yeah, maybe about with, 20 or so, yeah. It was at least 20. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was over, well over 20 minutes, <laughs> yeah. and we spent like five minutes talking about it, preparing for it, didn't have anything really written down yeah. at all, yeah. and we didn't have to edit it. One, there's not going to be one edit. It, it's, it's a it's a 20-something-minute straight video of just us just talking about how we feel about safety. And this, in this particular instance, it was about speeding. Yeah. And... Um, you know, one of the things that, it, you know, the talent, the talents, is, the talent is there, we just have to execute. You know, that's, yeah. it, we just, it, we're, we're really close to, uh, you, we're, we're not bad, we're, we're good, but we're not great. You know, we, there's a couple little things that we have to do differently um, and, and bringing Rob on board and, and helping us take the next step with safety coaching um, is definitely part of it. What yeah. was the original question, Rob? Sorry. I've, well, I just, uh, like yeah, just track. kind of speaking with one voice. You know, you yeah. answered the question. Yeah. How, uh, you know, some people think that, um, yeah, it's like, well, safety, yeah, like I said, there's a separation, whether it's a silo or just a separation. And I think the better way to look at all of that is we all have a, a shared objective, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, creating this result of safety. And then we all have a role to play. And I think where the separation, really only where it starts to happen is not in the beliefs and not in the commitment to the result. It's in the perspective. So, you know, operations just sees things from a different starting point. Uh, You know, they see the more day-to-day, right, Uh, the the day-to-day freight movement. Safety sees things from a different starting point, a different perspective. And so the the best way to approach all this is to listen to one another, certainly listening, as I said earlier, listening to our driving teammates. We all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. We want safety. So um, it's it's listening, understanding people's perspectives, and then... um, and through that understanding, then uh, uh, making that result happen, and uh, I just I, I just know with 100% confidence that the whole organization is behind it. And two of those examples were Dan and Chris. And I love your point about uh, yeah, we didn't do any prep for that. No. I said, can you guys come down and join me in a speeding message? Um, you know, we got some drivers who drive too fast, right? Just got some drivers who drive too fast. It's not the whole fleet. Right. You put it at what 20, 30 yeah, percent. So, so these these folks are out there speeding. So one of the problems with that is it creates this risk. It creates this harm. Another problem with that is it com- it creates compliance noise. And so because of that, then our, our 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 government scores go up because they're getting roadside inspection violations, and those scores go up. And what happens? Our drivers get more, more, inspections. more inspections, and then there's more inspections, and what happens? There's more violations, and we get in this loop, right? 
Uh, so we wanted to get ahead of that. And um, some things that, that the coaches hear from drivers are that, well, I've got to drive fast because I got to deliver freight. Right? There's, this, there's this attitude on some people's parts that somehow if I drive this truck fast, I'll make more money. Somehow if I drive this truck fast, I'll, I'll make my boss happy. And so, I, 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 Dan, Chris, you want you guys driving fast? And Dan and Chris are like, no. no. So I said, let's do a video. And I love your point. Uh, we didn't spend any big prep time. We didn't have to write it all out. I said, let's make these the, let's make these the bullet points. And we just talked. And because of that alignment between uh, the operations function and the safety function, because we all care about people and we all want to help them get home, right? We just speak with that one voice. Yeah. So it was, it was uh, it's another example of everybody participating in their way. For sure. Well, and I mean, you talked about, you know, I heard 20, 20% maybe. And, uh, you know, clearly, as we've said, I mean, we've got, we've got the talent and we've got so many people. You know, yesterday we were talking about, uh, or the day before yesterday, we were talking about, you know, our best of the best operators that uh, are, are, are not in that 20%, obviously. And, and so we've got a, you know, like a lot of things, you got an 80-20 rule, right? And uh, so we're speaking to everyone, but uh, you know, have confidence if you if you're in that eighty percent and you're doing you know you're out there every day and you're doing the right things. Thank you. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, and uh, also understand the organization is is really getting dialed in. Has got a hundred percent commitment to doing this, and so we're going to align our resources. You heard earlier Rob talking about the coaches now are going to have time to coach and identify the 20% of the folks that we've got issues with that we need to correct. And our objective here is not to have those people exit the organization, right? Our objective here is to really get a, a mindset shift and have people understand that speeding or following too closely, you know, these are a couple of big behavior items that lead to risk and eventually to accidents that it's in their best interest, right, to to do these things. And, and really the philosophy, you know, we don't want people to exit the, we don't want to have people leave the organization. In fact, one of the things that I really appreciated in uh, from Rail and talking to them about their success and safety is, they fired very, very, very few people um, as a result of uh, safety issues. So they had a lot of success with Rob's leadership in being able to coach effectively. In fact, uh, I believe you actually came up with a measurement for uh, measuring coaching effectiveness, didn't you, Rob? Yeah, they have a, uh, a metric they use called coaching effectiveness, and what it does is it seeks to understand um, if a driver has a behavioral issue that is unsafe, and then there's an intervention from, uh, from someone to help that driver improve their performance, how much time goes you know, by before that next kind of a situation, if ever, if it ever comes up again. And so they, they, they look at that that way, and they figure that uh, and they understand rightfully that if that behavior doesn't change, or I'm sorry, if the behavior improves and there's not that issue again, then there was some effective uh, coaching or effective intervention. Um, and so, yeah, that's one of the one of the ways they measure that. And, uh, you know, to Brad and Chris's point, um, again, it, it gets at this tension issue. Some people think that um, 
that there's a difference between safety success and and, and uh, like driver success overall. You know, uh, a, a driver who's not operating safely is is not operating successfully, and 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 if that behavior continues, it's going to end up producing problems. And and if that we don't want that, we we want people happy, safe, and working here. Um, those two fit very well together. Uh, sometimes I'll hear someone say, well, they're a great driver. They just got all these safety problems. You know, and that always catches my, my ear because does that make any sense that you can be a great driver and drive unsafe? Does it make any sense? It doesn't to me. It's like saying they're a great driver. They just deliver late all the time. Right? If, if, we, if we looked at it that way, we'd say, well, that doesn't make any sense. So a better way to look at that is they're great operationally and they've got some safety issues we want to help with, right? And once those two pieces are all in place, well, then that's right. That's truly that professional driver that's who's doing, doing all aspects of their job. It's not to dismiss the great operational performance. It's just, to, again, think about it with clarity. Talk about it with clarity because then that helps everybody think, yeah. To do the job as a professional, it's a couple things. It's a lot of things, and one of them safety, and one of them is uh, operational excellence. Um, the other thing, I, it came up here a little bit about the 80-20 thing, and I, I, I wish I would have mentioned it earlier. A big part of what I'm going to insist uh, the coaches that I lead do is recognize those drivers who are, who are having safety issues for the other aspects of their performance that are good. Too often, coaching about a problem becomes one-sided and just about the problem. Mm-hmm. It doesn't recognize all the other good accomplishments that that person is doing. So I'm going to insist on, and the coaches are all down for this, this balanced kind of approach. So here's some things that you're doing well, and here's some areas where you need improvement on. It's not going to be this one-sided nonsense where uh, here's some things you're doing wrong. Right. It's going to be, here's you, here's where you're good, and here's where uh, I want some improvement. I think it's important to recognize the 80% that are having success as well, you know, whether it's, you know, looking at near misses or, you know, seeing them do something, handle a difficult situation correctly on the road. You bet. You know, acknowledging that, that those are big, those are big deals. Those are, those are a big deal. And uh, taking the time to do that's important as well. You bet. And something else that we've done here, I don't know if we're doing it as much as we used to, is getting out ahead of things. So when a new driving teammate joins the organization, you know, connecting with them earlier on in their career to make sure that, you know, when you come through uh, the onboarding process, it's a lot to learn at once and it takes a while to get your sea legs in a new organization. Yeah, I'm testifying to that because <laughs> um, I'm new. And um, making sure we're, we're connecting early on to make sure things are going well and that there's if there's any additional training or help we can give now before something turns into an issue. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all about the balance and the positivity. And, again, everybody's on the same page and wants the same thing. It's, you know, it's, it's, not, like, it, it's not like as we invi- reinvigorate this thing, it, it's not like, well, I guess we stopped caring about safety. I guess we got to start caring again. I mean, it's not that. It's just the care is there, right? The love is there. It's this idea of are we executing or not? Yeah. So we will. That's what I say. It's, it's not a mystery. We will. We're going to succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Rob, it's, it's, it's great uh, having you on board. Welcome again to Hirschbach. Uh, we look forward to a uh, uh, long, successful uh, career and uh, a lot of uh, success together. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, each of you, everyone. I, again, I couldn't be happier, and um, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's exciting, and it's fun, and I uh, couldn't be happier. Great. Well, we're going to... Um, 
we're going to shift a little bit from the coaching and uh, get into, uh, you know, we're, we've got COVID and that's having an impact on uh, the hours of service. We got new hours of service rules that are actually going into effect yet this month. Um, BK, you've got a few items on the compliance end you want to share with the group, right? Yeah, sure. Just to um, bring you all up to speed on some of the compliance issues that are out there. And uh, in my mind, I separate safety from compliance. You can be compliant and be unsafe and be uncompliant and be safe. So this is more check-the-box stuff that we just have to do as an organization that, that uh, the government mandates that we do, and we want to do. We want to do the right thing out there as a carrier. Uh, first of all, uh, the medical cards and CDLs. As you all know, when COVID hit, uh, many CDL locations, uh, state agencies that issue CDLs, uh, many doctors, uh, uh, offices that issue medical cards, they, they began shutting down and they began focusing on other other efforts in order to, to get through COVID. Um, as you all know, the government uh, um, set aside the requirement to have a valid CDL and a, a valid medical card if it expired, I believe it was after March, March 15th of this year. So many of you have been operating out there without a renewed CDL and uh, without a uh, proper medical card for many weeks and months out there. That is coming to an end on September 30th. And I checked uh, yesterday, Mike Drapeau, and our, uh, uh, who, run, who leads our compliance efforts, he went through the, uh, the sheet with me yesterday. We, we track when all of your medical cards and, and CDLs are coming due. There was only a handful of drivers that uh, need to get their CDL renewed. That's not, that's not a huge issue. But we had roughly 40 drivers out there that are still driving on an expired medical card. Um, as of September 30th, uh, we aren't going to be able to do that any longer. So you got to get in uh, to get your uh, get your medical card updated, get your CDL updated, and make sure that they're talking together. Um, as you know, if your if your medical card isn't certified to your CDL, in the DOT's eyes, it's driving without a CDL. So uh, we have an entire department. Uh, we, we've got Jolene and Jessica and Cassie over there. Uh, that's all they do is make sure that you have a proper medical card, make sure that you have a proper CDL, and make sure that they are uh, what I call married together um, and merged together so that your your, your CDL is, is appropriate. So if you have any questions, reach out to the compliance team. They are, are very, very, very helpful individuals that are very knowledgeable. They know all the, all the ins and outs of all the state regulations to get these things taught talking together, um, and they can get you what you need. They can get you to a facility. They can set up appointments. They can make sure that you're working with the DOT to get them married together, um, all that stuff. And then we, we have a backstop. We double-check all that uh, when we run your MVR 15 days after you get your, your, new, uh, your new medical card to make sure that, uh, to make sure that you're compliant. So uh, for those of you, you should have been put on notice by now. If, you're, if your uh, medical card's expired or if your CDL's expired, make sure you get in and get that done. Ultimately, that responsibility rests on you as the driver and I talked earlier when we started you know um that CDL is a huge asset. You know, when I was in college, that was my biggest asset was uh um, that's what got me through school and I I would echo that to you folks. Aside from your cars and your homes and your families and uh, your your closest friends, that CDL is your biggest asset and you need to protect it not just from uh, uh speeding tickets and violations and accidents and things like that but also just from a compliance standpoint so make sure your house is in order uh, on, on that topic i'm just checking my cdl before i go out <laughs> next week make sure my medical card you, you is, better is make good. sure your medical is card is good day. well am i, I good I, we, we should probably ask Joel, jolene i'll get, i'll read off brad's uh, social security number here and we'll have you check no i'm, I'm joking but uh we'll, you got long enough arms there to read that writing yeah, okay. yeah there you go i had to hold it you know, right. Getting, getting older over here. Rob and I were talking about that on the way over. Yeah, yeah that you're getting older. We were can't talking read about that. 
Can't yeah. read and drive in the rain anymore. Yeah, so. we were talking about how old <laughs> yeah. you're getting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, the second thing, uh, the hours of service exemption. Um, with COVID, um, the uh, uh, U.S. government came out. In fact, President Trump signed an order that uh, truckers are an essential function. So um, even more kudos to our drivers for being out there during these unprecedented times. Uh, one of the things that the FMCSA did is they waived hours of service uh, uh, requirements for um, anyone that was hauling COVID-related products. And at the beginning, that included food. And so we were exempt from hours of service. Well, we're a big motor carrier with a lot of risk out there. We didn't feel comfortable just throwing the logbook out the window. Uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, we had some sort of compliance wrapped around this. So we came up with a process that gives our drivers up to two hours to drive beyond their scheduled hours of service. Uh, but there's certain parameters you got to follow. We want to talk to you uh, before that happens. And uh, we want to make sure that uh, you're awake and alert and you understand what you're about to get into. Um, the government stopped that for a while. They fired that back up. Uh, we've been doing it for a few months. Last week, it was supposed to expire again. And the DOT, um, they gave us a whole 48 hours notice that they're going to extend it again. So they have extended that through the end of the year. We're continuing to use it. Um, if you run into an issue with your hours of service, we've got a process. Call into the logging department, uh, talk to your driver manager, um, and we can get you to the right people to get you a couple hours of extension if you run into a problem. We aren't going to do this just because you want to run more miles. It's basically out there in case you run into a problem out there. We, we are, are literally feeding the country out there during COVID, and we need to step up and do our part, uh, and that includes um, doing the right thing, and that is making sure we get food delivered there on time uh, so that the, the country can eat. So on the... Uh the last thing I want to talk about is the new hours of service regulations that are coming out on September 29th. Uh, the DOT has uh, given truckers more flexibility, which is what uh, we all, all we, what we all wanted. When people ran paper logs, um, uh, those that ran rogue had all sorts of flexibility. They could just write down on a piece of paper what they thought was appropriate. Uh, when uh, e-logs hit and AOBRDs hit, uh, that came to an end for, for the right reasons. Uh, you shouldn't have to uh, break the law in order to make money in this industry. So uh, now it's you have to do it by the book. It forced people to do it by the book as of December of last year. Um, the, the DOT took all, all has taken comments and feedback from the industry and, uh, and drivers included the industry, the shippers, the tr uh, the trucking company owners. They took all the feedback from everyone after the uh, hours of service uh, ELDs came into effect, and they came to the realization, much like we did, that there needs to be some flexibility with them. So they've they've uh, put a few changes in place as of September 29th. These haven't started yet, but as of September 29th. Uh, the, the major changes that impact uh, our operators, uh, the first one is the 30-minute break. Uh, you, uh, right now, you have to take a 30-minute break uh, within eight hours of your uh, starting your, your drive time. And uh, that used to have to be uh, clearly off-duty time or, or sleeper birth time. You couldn't uh, be fueling. You couldn't be loading or unloading. You couldn't be doing a, 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 a mid-trip inspection or a midday inspection on your truck. You literally had to sit in your seat and uh, take off-duty time or sit in your sleeper berth. You couldn't do anything that was work-related. Uh, they have now they are now changing that so you can have on-duty time during that 30-minute break. So you can spend that while you're fueling or loading or, or unloading um, or, or doing a, a midday trip inspection. You, you can spend that time for your 30 minutes. Basically what they want you to do is they want you out from behind the wheel during that 30 minutes to give your eyes a rest and give your your, your driving muscles a rest. And we feel that that's very important that, uh, that you get that rest. Um, 
So that's changing on September 29th. Uh, one that doesn't impact drivers, so uh, our, our fleet side so much, but it does impact our local drivers and our spot drivers. Uh, the 150-mile air radius drivers that uh, don't need to carry a logbook, uh, their logging hours are now extended from 12 hours to 14 hours, which is really good on our fleet side because we have a lot of a lot of operations that run two 12-hour shifts. And uh, that doesn't mean 12 hours in one minute. That means 12 hours. And when you're running uh, two 12-hour shifts, there's always some overlap with people clocking in and clocking out. A 12-hour shift might turn into 12 and a half sometimes. So giving us 14 hours gives us that, that flexibility to, to do a proper shift change and make sure that we keep the, keep the country moving on a 24-hour basis. Uh, the last one and the most impactful one and, and clearly the most complicated one, I actually had to spend some time uh, reviewing this and renewing how it works. Uh, the What we refer to as the 8-2 sleeper birth split is now changing to a 7-3 sleeper birth split. Um, and what that means is that you have to have, uh, during the middle of, of any shift, okay, you can pause your 14-hour 14 14-hour clock by doing what we call a 7-3 split. And basically what you do is you have to be in the sleeper berth for a minimum of seven hours, okay? Uh, that doesn't mean six hours and 59 minutes. That means a minimum of seven hours. It can be, uh, it can be eight, it can be nine. Uh, obviously, if you take a 10-hour break, you reset, every, you reset to your 11 and 14. But if, if it's, uh, it has to be a minimum of seven hours in the sleeper berth. It can't be off-duty time um, or on-duty time. It has to be seven hours in the sleeper berth. Uh, that used to be eight hours. Now it's seven hours. You also have to have a minimum of two hours in the sleeper berth or off-duty. Uh, and that has to be uh, a minimum of two hours. It can be more than that, uh, but it has to be a minimum of two hours. And uh, the two together, the sleeper berth time, this minimum of seven hours um, in the sleeper berth and the minimum of two hours sleeper berth off-duty, those collectively have to be at least 10 hours. And if you do that, at the end of that 10 hours, you can basically unpause your 14-hour clock and uh, continue with your shift. So... Um, so. The, other, the other thing that's nice is during that 14-hour clock, um, or during that 7-3 split, it used to just pause during the sleeper birth time during the 8 hours. Now it pauses the entire 10 hours. Uh, that's, the, that's one of the biggest changes during the 7-3 split. So, so let's, let's go through that one more time, because I don't know, it totally sunk in for me. So. Yeah, it's so complicated. Let, yeah. So, so let's, let's, let's do a little example. So um, I started my day... Six o'clock in the morning, my 14-hour clock starts, right? Correct. And uh, I drive, you know, whatever. I couple hours getting loaded, and then I drive about, uh, let's say, uh, five, six hours. Let's say I drive six hours. So now I got eight hours on my 14, but I want to hit the pause button because I'm on a load. I'm going through Chicago. Traffic's a disaster. You know, it's going to be like five hours to get through Chicago. And, you know, I want to pull over and, and sort of hit the pause button here and, and uh, let traffic uh, go, go through in the evening when it's uh, going to be uh, not as, as congested. So I go into sleeper berth. Let's say I go for seven hours. Right. Then you have to have... I hit the pause button on that 14-hour uh, clock. Uh, I used eight of it. Uh, it's on pause while I'm in the sleeper berth? Yes, that is on pause while you're in the sleeper berth. And so is my 10-hour. I, I drove five. I got, or whatever I said, six hours. I still got four hours left on the drive. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. And then you have so, to have... So seven hours goes by. I get behind the wheel, and I can go for five hours of driving, basically. Well, you also have to have the two hours. 
Yeah, that's right. So you, you, uh, whatever you don't use uh, before that rest break, you have available, right? Yeah. Uh, when any one of those rules run out, of course, you got to follow your 72, right? This doesn't yeah. do anything with your 70-hour rule. So whatever you have uh, prior to one of those qualifying rest breaks is limits what you can do on the other side of that. So in Brad's scenario here, if you did that seven hours in the sleeper berth, you'd yeah. look behind that and you see what you used for driving, what you used for on-duty time. And then that's what you'd have available, just the remainder, not your whole four, not your whole 11 and your 14, just the remainder of what's on that other side of that seven. And then when one of those rules runs up, right, either your 11 or your 14, you got to get that second half of your break. Which in this case would be three more in hours. In your hypothetical, three it's three. Three yeah. more hours, right. Yep. And, and yep. then I get a reset on my 11 and 14. Nope. You're all, if you're going to be doing a split log, you're always working with limited hours. The only okay. way you're ever going to get another 11 and 14 right. in full is to take, take a full 10-hour break. Right. So like uh, BK mentioned, uh, basically what's changed here is it, it's gone from an eight-hour requirement in the sleeper berth to seven. Uh, the rest of the rules, rest of the rules on this issue are basically the same, other than that shorter break doesn't count against your 14 either. So if you've been doing this split log, you just got some more flexibility with it. Remember, call up for some help if you're going to plan this thing. If you want to do it, uh, your GeoTab device can help you figure that out too. Um, uh, you've got to, if you're going to do this, you got to have 10 hours of uh, of break total between those two. And until you get a full 10-hour break in, you're never running on full hours. Remember your 70. Whatever rule shuts you down first is the one you got to follow first. Um, so you could do a 7 and a 3. You could do a 7 and a half, a 2 and a half. Uh, you could not. You could not do an 8 and a half and a 1 and a half. Because it has to be a minimum of two. Because that, that second break. That second break needs to be a solid two. Okay? So if you've been doing it successfully, you can keep doing it. Remember the basic rules other than that eight shrunk to a seven. That's got to be all sleeper berth. And then remember, as you're doing all of this work, if this isn't working for you with rest, right? If, if you've got something going like this, and then you, you like, like BK said, you can be in compliance. And because of the way your day is going or the way you're, you're working with these brakes, if you don't feel rested and been able to drive, you know, find a safe and legal place to park, uh, call your operations folks, and we'll, we'll help you out with that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care what your logbook says, uh, whether you got hours. If your logbook says you got hours and your body tells you you're not safe to, to operate, um, pull over. Pull over, call operations, uh, believe, you know, uh, whether it's myself, Dan, Chris, I mean, our customers, uh, they want their freight there on time, but more importantly, they want their freight. So um, if there's an issue that's happening out there, uh, you're tired, uh, road conditions, you know, uh, you don't feel safe operating the equipment, all we ask is that you communicate so we can tell the customer what's going on. Uh, every customer we have understands that uh, those situations come up, and uh, as long as we're communicating proactively, uh, they're 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 okay with it, right, Chris? Right, absolutely. Communicate, over communicate. Yes. Um, so there's, I think there's one more change, um, isn't the um, the adverse. Uh, Conditions uh, also being extended as well? Yes, for an additional two hours on the 11. And again, adverse conditions is when you have a weather related issue um, that you see out there. And it, it, they're fairly, it's fairly limited. It's not something that, uh, if you knew about a snowstorm coming and it was predicted, 
uh, hours before you started your shift. That doesn't count. It's basically in the event that you have a problem out there um, that comes up uh, during your shift, and it allows you to extend the 11. Um, and I think the 14 as well. Both of them can be extended up to two hours, I believe. I know for sure Correct. the 11, but yeah, it's the 11 14 and the 14. As well. yeah. 14 as well, yeah. yeah. So that's a good one, and uh, it's not just weather. I think, uh, you know, if there was an accident uh, unforeseen in the roadway and the, the road was uh, congested and, and that couldn't have been foreseen, then uh, that situation, I think you could you could use that as well. Um, it's very similar to what we're doing right now with the um, due to COVID. Really, it is. Yeah. Um, it is kind of how we're, we're operating, right? Yeah, and I would remind all the operators if you do use that or use the exemption that we give you, make sure that you you drop an annotation on your log. Uh, one thing I think we could all do better at is um, by doing that, you're 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 protecting your rear end out there and making sure that uh, if you get pulled over by the police you can or the the DOT you can you can you've documented that uh, why you went beyond the hours of service you know there was a really bad weather storm or really bad traffic on I80 this day and just drop that annotation on your log it protects you it protects us and uh, keeps us in good standing great well we've uh, we've been at it here for uh, almost an hour a little little over an hour I think um, anything else guys as we are Wrap things up uh, here, day four at Driver Appreciation Week, uh, Chris. No, I it's just the talent's there. Let's, let's execute. You know, we the just to echo. You know, there's lots of things that we can all get a little bit better at, but I think the focusing on speeding and and hours of service violations. I think we need to. It's a little, frankly, a little embarrassing with what our CSA scores are right now, and uh, we need a little bit of help getting those uh, back into compliance. So. Let's start. Let's start something. Let's start doing something. Let's start executing there. Yeah, and that's that's good for everybody. It's good for the public. It's good for that driver. You know, when you when you're slowing down, traffic's pulling away from you. Uh, you know, you have a calmer drive. It's less wear and tear on the equipment. You're getting better MPG, and and you're not getting pulled into that scale. You're not getting pulled in for that roadside inspection, right? How much? How much? How much does that help you move freight, right? And when you do your part, it starts to filter through, and all Hirschbach drivers have fewer inspections. And that's just that's good. There's so much good that comes from that. Absolutely. And we've you know we've taken a lot of pride over the years in earning lots of awards from our customers. Uh, we're going to earn some some nice hardware from the industry. Uh, several uh, industry organizations recognize uh, safety excellence uh, and uh, we are going to earn some so, some nice hardware that we'll proudly display at our facilities here um, and it's not going to take us very long I have a lot of confidence in uh, everyone in this organization and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, next year in 2021 if we we ended up uh, earning some hardware that was given out in 2022. Yeah, uh, go ahead, BK. No, you go ahead. Go well, ahead. yeah, BK BK does woodworking, and he's running around here asking for volunteers to help him build the shelf of... Uh, trophy the, shelf. Trophy shelf, yeah. yeah there you sure. go. question is, how big do we build? I yeah, how big, a, yeah. Well, yeah. we can add to it as right. we go, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, and remember, it's not about it's not about trophies and awards and all that. Mm-hmm. That's the good stuff that follows what this is really about. Is, is is driving in a way that, that you're protecting the folks you share the road with that you're you know you're loving your neighbor out there on the road and all the good that comes from that and some of that will be the hardware you bet absolutely you know and the other thing uh, to keep in mind as well I mean we're all out here everyone wants to make an earn, earn a living 
and um, be able to provide for their families. And, and certainly we're all out here doing that. And at Hirschbach, we want all of you to be very successful in that endeavor. Um, and, and you definitely, you know, I've said this many times, but whether it's uh, relating to maintenance uh, and fuel that we talked, you know, relating to the truck, expenses from the truck there, was it relating to expenses uh, from accidents? You know, we, we don't want to waste any money, right? And um, and it's not just because, you know, I'm greedy and want to, you know, make a lot of money for the company. You know, our history has been that uh, we share. And, um, you know, you, you have the mentality that out there that uh, conserving expenses, reducing expenses is going to translate into all of you making more money. And... Uh, and, and so operating safe will translate into you making more money. Yeah, you bet, Brad, especially in those close quarter situations, you know, where there's a tendency for some drivers to hurry up or maybe not take those extra steps to really evaluate and guarantee that they're going to operate collision free. You know, whatever perceived time savings there is of that just goes away like that, right, when there's a collision and then that has to happen. And then you got all that waste right, of the damaged equipment and all that work of fixing that. And even in those situations, you know, if a driver doesn't know where their tractor trailer's moving around, someone can get hurt. It's, it's not real common in those situations, it can happen. So that idea of operating, that's another great example of where safety and the success of a business and of the driver just totally aligned, right? It's just totally aligned. And not just in the long term, like, hey, we got a pay increase that we are doing in the future type of thing, but the incentives that we have in place in the short term, um, you know, the, the weekly and the monthly incentives that we've got in the business for our operators, they're all contingent upon operating safely and not receiving citations and CSA points out there. So you're able to be recognized um, you know, whether it be in, in the dedicated fleets uh, with the weekly incentives that we've had in place, uh, and those are contingent on operating safely. The new weekly one that we've now put in place on the over-the-road business is, is, is relating to safety in both in the dedicated and over-the-road, the new uh, four-week period monthly bonus is, is also contingent upon operating safely. So in the short term, you're able to pay yourself uh, significantly more, earn more uh, by operating safely. And in the, long run, in the long run, you have my commitment that we will continue to reinvest in our people by sharing in the profits of the organization with future increases. So, uh, BK, anything from you? Any parting comments? Uh, it's more about money. It's about getting people home safely people yeah. we care about. I mean, people that operate their cars around you, they all have families and loved ones and friends. Uh, they all do the same things on the weekends you do. So that's what this is about. Good. Well, I'm excited to uh, be on this journey with all of you. Um, we've got a, a great, talented team leading the efforts, and uh, we've got uh, very talented uh, professional operators that I know that uh, will rise to the occasion, and uh, we will achieve best-in-class results in this area and uh, fill up that uh, hardware shelf that you're building. That's right. That's He's got right. pretty good skills, too. Uh, <laughs> built me a shuffleboard table, actually, which is pretty nice. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It was fun. <laughs> I had a lot of fun building it. So. 
I got. A, I had a lot of fun beating you. On yeah, it. you did whip me on it. That's so. for sure. So you didn't whip me. You beat me. So we'll end uh, this broadcast. <laughs> I think we're 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 sort of losing uh, losing our mojo here. But uh, again, thank you again to all of our operators uh, here during Driver Appreciation Week on uh, day four. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back. Uh, Bianca, um, actually, as we, I, I guess we didn't mention today's sponsors. Yes, it's, it's my opportunity to take a plug here and say thank you for uh, sponsoring. Our online giveaway is Chuck Country and Freightliner. And, you know, we got to see that really cool Freightliner yesterday. And then our lunch sponsor for the day is Hire Master. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, we thank uh, those sponsors uh, for helping out here with Driver Appreciation Week and, and their donations and prizes and, and uh, lunches and so forth being provided. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back. Uh, tomorrow I know that we're going to be uh, focusing a little bit more on technology, uh, transflow, and some of the issues we've had with screens locking up and turn-by-turn turn direction, some new functionality, and a few other things that we'll be talking about. So we'll have some of the folks from IT tomorrow. And uh, again, thanks, everyone. Have a great day, and uh, take care. Bye now. See you guys. Thank you. Yep, thanks. thanks for listening to the What's Your Drive podcast. We'd sure appreciate it if you subscribe or shared the podcast with a friend. Leave us a review, and if you'd like to see more, stop by our website at whatsyourdrive-podcast.com. While you're there, leave us some feedback on the show and share your future topic ideas. Roll safe, everyone.